This is a HeadGum Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey. Call the cops. Hey. This level of foolishness hey. and joy. Hey. Houston, we have a hey. dog. I'm just chilling. Hey. Great ass. Hey. Damn it. I'm hey. a very sexy hey. baby. Sicario. Hey. Damn it. You're hey. a clown if you hey. say Damn it. Hey. Hey. Yeah, people hey. are going to die. Hey. I want to yeah, see baby. Uh-huh. Obama's getting low. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline. <laughs> We're going to have Good Christian Fun. <laughs> That's right. That was a banger from the 2008 election cycle. The McCain girls on YouTube put out a, a music video called It's Raining McCain. No. <laughs> I thought that was an SNL skit for no, sure. No, 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 no. no that they, was, love, like, they love McCain. That was for real, for real. <laughs> I'm going to go get say, John McCain. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go out and let myself get absolutely John McCain. Kevin. <laughs> Someone showed that to me for the first time the other night, and I had a religious experience watching it. It's these women that put together a little song for their guy in 2008, you know? I wonder how they're doing now. I think uh, they're probably doing the as well as he world. is right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad. <laughs> Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the movies, the music, and the entertainment made for, made by... Made us a love letter to and from Christians about God and Christianity, but we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We're just here to be, I don't know, three little American underdogs talking about <laughs> our faith journeys. We are but a vessel on the grand gridiron of podcasting. And why would God give us an idea for a podcast that he wouldn't want us to do That's and what record? I'm saying. That's what I've been yelling to my family and extended family for years. God gave me a dream. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a dream. He said, undermine me. (laughs) (laughs) He likes to be challenged. It's one of his love languages. We're talking about the 2021 movie. Or no, was it 2021 or 2022? This is really important. Make sure you get this right. Oh, gosh. It's 2021. Because it came out out against Licorice Pizza in December of 2021. (laughs) Oh, remember when everyone was like, should we go see Licorice Pizza tonight or American Underdog? If you're living in Iowa, you know, home of of the eponymous Kurt Warner, the American Underdog, and you're like, all right, 
I can see uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son have a little coming-of-age moment. I can watch a man stock grocery stores and then throw footballs. Perfect spirals. Easy choice. That's kind of your programming options. Mm -hmm. And America voted. I wonder what made more money uh, between those two movies. Actually, I don't know. I'd be curious about this. Okay, American Underdog made $26 million. We've got the money. At the box office. <gasps> oh, and Licorice Pizza made 33 Just Pretty barely close. More. Pretty close. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. It was a limited release, so I get it. Uh, but Caroline, we're not, we're not two little underdogs alone. We're, no. we're three. And well, so, four if you count this one. Oh, I know. The littlest underdog of all. <laughs> but we need to introduce our very special guest first. Friends and folks. From the YouTube channel, Entertain the Elk, and from his podcast of mice and men and monsters, give it the hell up for Adam Tinius! Uh, Hey, dude. I don't think I'm going to be able to rest until I can go through your opening segment and decipher every single piece of audio. Oh, sure. That was in there. My favorite's was she's got a great ass. Great ass. <laughs> and was that Bradley Cooper just saying, hey, hey, hey. hey. hey yeah, you got that it. little no. pulsing beat. It wasn't, you don't need our help. Hey. It wasn't Bradley hey. Cooper. It was oh, Jackson Maine. I'm sorry. My mistake. My mistake. <laughs> Adam, buddy. Oh, happy to be I here. I think we Thanks. diagrammed the theme song before and all the drops with the guests. Oh, yeah. I, I remember us doing that a well, few months ago. Well, it changes too, though. It always so changes. So once you think you oh, know it, it, you don't. And isn't that beautiful? Because we're changing all the time too. And Not me. Okay. Always the same. Always <laughs> yep. have been. Always will be. All right. Time to An listen American to underdog. audio from you from 2017 <laughs> you. and that's see all if that's right. true. Don't that up. That's not fun for anybody. No, thank you. <laughs> Ooh, Adam, buddy. Thanks for joining us on the show. Adam. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to talk about this movie. Uh-huh. I'm so I can excited tell. you're here. I was saying earlier, I think that you guys took it easy on me because I'm sure from after years of doing this podcast, there's been so much worse just crap that you guys have had to dissect. This, I mean, yeah. this wasn't a good movie by any means, but it wasn't like the worst piece of garbage I've right. ever seen. This either. is like our fourth or fifth Irwin Brothers joint. I think, yeah, Mom's Night Out. I can only imagine. I still believe the Jesus music. This is our fifth Irwin Brothers. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, so you watched all their other? <laughs> yep. So you're Are completing we technically the... fans of the Irwin Brothers now? <laughs> I mean, I've seen more of their movies than Scorsese's percentage-wise. <laughs> That you're number one on Letterbox. They're the ones you've seen the yeah, most yeah. this year. You're wrapped. I know. Irwin <laughs> Letterbox rap. Irwin Brothers, thank you. We have not seen October Baby, their 2011 abortion movie. Yeah. I... Starring a young James Austin Johnson. What? Of SNL fame and GCF oh, really? fame. Yeah. Did we ask him about that? We did not. Came on? We did not. That makes uh, sense. It, he's not really starring. He has a little part. That he's out. not like the main character, but yes. That's a skip. I, I was just looking at all the posters because I was looking at their filmography to see what else they've done. And is, there, is it a requirement for these kind of movies where it has to be like all the figures are like kind of half capacity? They're kind of fading out like they're <laughs> dying or something to make right. it oh, seem. Oh, you mean on the more, cover art? All their, all their sort of film a, posters. A light it's like, yeah, the divine light, <laughs> angelic light, and they're like fading like they're like dying. <laughs> Or it's like all their posters look like that. It's kind of that. Well, the Irwin classic move is to make you think all the characters are gonna die by the oh, end really? of the movie, and then you're always like, ah. And then you're hoping that they, they were die. Some, like, oh. some of them do die. Sometimes oh. they do. I mean, I guess I guess the actual through line with their stuff is based on a real guy. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, it's based, based on, on a real guy, guy that's like 
is he that interesting? So I guess. Bart Millard, Jeremy <laughs> Camp, all the people involved. Right. You know, Jesus Music is a it's documentary. Like they're friends. It's like Honestly. these stories need to be told. Yeah, right. No one knows. People need to hear these stories. And if you remember, Caroline. We interviewed the Irwin brothers did for the Jesus music. That's right. Or I did because you, did. you couldn't make it. It was a weird, it, the scheduling worked they out. They were where nice. I, I interviewed them about their documentary, The Jesus Music, which was basically about the origins of CCM and mm. a lot of it taking place in Southern California in the 70s. And I was asking them some questions and they said, yeah, you know, we just wanted to highlight the dreamers and the entrepreneurs. And we were like, the entrepreneurs? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's What right. we did is I recorded the interview and then played it for Caroline. And she would just say, pause, and then <laughs> give we her need to comments dissect this. During- yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. You know, it was decent of them to come on. I forgot about that. It was decent of those Christians to talk. Uh, <laughs> Adam, thanks Give so much time. for joining us, buddy. Adam. Man, you're someone, You're. I would say, one of the rare people I've known longer in this town than even my dear co-host, Caroline. Adam yeah. and I met each back. other 14 years oh ago. Oh, my God. Oh, in the in the fall or maybe the winter of 2009, so. Yeah, I think I visited, I was living in, in San Diego with my aunt at the time, and mm-hmm. I was looking to move up to L.A., and I think you were a part of the UTLA program. That's right, right? University of Texas. And I knew uh, one of our mutual friends who you were rooming with at the time, and I just crashed on the floor as I was applying for stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, I met you like when I first got here. Yeah. And Aww. if I remember correctly, Adam's first impression of me is, why is he – Talking about Miley Cyrus as the climb so much. Why is he doing that? <laughs> well, that was when you were just some kind of distant voice. I hadn't. I don't think I'd seen you until you came to my apartment, and then you. I think we just met, and then you dropped and spilled granola. I brought over, over some granola for him, and then I spilled it. And I had to like pick a it up million piece by pieces piece. over my floor that had carpet that would look like granola. Yes. And so, it was and like, there was no this? vacuum cleaner because you just moved in. It was it was a mess. I think it was it was our meat cute. It really was I think our so. meat cute. So sweet. And our Aww. destinies were intertwined since then. One of my oldest, dearest friends. But I say all that to say I know a little bit about your history and background with faith because some of yours is also mine because it's right. been so much time. Mm-hmm. But I would love to know from your own perspective, even from when you were a kid and growing up in Texas, your experience of faith to where you are now. Yeah, so we have to go back to the mean streets of uh, suburb East Dallas. <laughs> oh, how'd you survive? <laughs> oh. <laughs> One day at a time. Uh, so yeah, I, I grew up in uh, a suburb called Mesquite. And yeah, when you grow up in Bible Belt area, as, as you know, it's just, it, there's no, especially to a family who my grandfather was a pastor. Um, oh. So my mom was the PK. Oh, yeah. And that's just, it's just, part of the family, Legacy but also family. it's part of the culture. Like you throw a rock and everyone is Christian, quote unquote, whatever. Everyone's Christian. Um, and so it's just all, you know, uh, all your friends are that way. There's like no difference. I didn't, I don't think I really knew that people who weren't or wouldn't call themselves as Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, grew up going to Southern Baptist church and Can I ask how many like of your your community, what were were there several big churches everyone went to? Did everyone go to one? God, there's like so many churches. That were like the- <laughs> well, when I was so young, we we would drive so far away, and I think it was we would drive to like downtown Dallas because mm. I guess my parents knew people there, and so you go where obviously where the parents go, and uh, it's the place where the average age is about like sixty. Everyone is just like 
really old. Everyone's wearing suits. You're sitting on pews. No one's like, it's like you could hear like the church mouse, like crickets chirping in there because it's like so quiet. Yeah. But there were so many church. I mean, it's like anywhere in Texas, you there's a church at every street light. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many, so many <laughs> mega churches. And mine wasn't. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'd qualified as a mega church because the actual service itself probably sat. 200 maybe, mm-hmm. but the place yeah, itself was so much money. It was such a huge church. Yeah. Um, but so that's where we went, grew up. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting when you go and as I, as you're there sitting in the pews, it's really just how do I not be bored and sit here for an hour? <laughs> and so a lot of it wasn't paying attention because, you know, you don't understand. It's hard to it's hard to grasp that stuff as an adult, let alone, oh, the Trinity when you're eight. <laughs> you're like, what? Uh, you're going to live for eternity? What? And My so- Trinity is Tony the Tiger. <laughs> Captain, Crunch. Captain Crunch. Video games, Cheetos, Sprite. Uh, not going outside ever. Uh, and so it was just sitting in pews with me and my brother and we're in, in my older brother. And so... It's also, uh, I don't know if you guys, you have a lot of older siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two we, older siblings. So I don't, so then you guys definitely know whatever they want to do, that's what you're doing. Yeah. And so my brother was bored, didn't care. And so it became like, we're bored together now. And now we're playing games on like the envelopes that you tithe with. Like we're drawing, <laughs> we're doing hangman on there or mm-hmm. drawing. No, I relate pictures. to this too, because I didn't ever go to youth group when I was going to church like yeah. as a kid. So I was in the main service with my parents being bored to tears, mm-hmm. but that was like preferable to me. Yeah, it, so it sounds like you were they also were at the not same time. Uh, so ours was different. It was, oh, they okay. had youth group in between two services, oh, oh God! but also technically wasn't there because again, my brother, we would che- get checked in by our parents and then my brother would just buy, would leave. And then he would come find me and be like, we're bailing and so we would just like skip out yeah. and we would just walk just around wandering? yeah we would just wander around That's the church because awesome. my brother just didn't care and so cool. yeah he <laughs> still hasn't changed <laughs> still so cool uh and and so it was it was a lot of that kind of growing up i feel like i was a. Uh, it was a lot of repeat after me this is just what we do because the cultural what we've always yeah. done and there was never I, I guess I, I wasn't getting enough information on myself. And a lot of that was because like I was tuning out and didn't care. It wasn't hitting me obviously as a kid at the right time. And so I didn't care to press in to ask questions. My parents weren't doing a lot besides like, let's pray before our meal. And before we go to bed, there wasn't a lot of like day to day, let's, let's talk about this or whatever, whatever. It was more like chinking you've, you've, you've checked the box or clocked in, clocked out. And and so I didn't have a lot of questions. Uh, I didn't understand it, but I didn't care to really understand it. It was just is what it is. And there's and there was this... nothing happening to you that would make you be like, what is happening? Yeah. What is this? You know, necessarily. Yeah. And a lot of it's just looking back on it, it feels kind of like you're just kind of going through this, I don't want to say fog, like a negative way, but you are kind of just shoved in directions. Like I was baptized when I was probably 13 or 12. And it was because my grandpa was like on the way out kind of. And it was like, he really wants to see it before like he dies. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like, okay. I mean, 
I don't care. I guess I'll get dunked in water. I don't really, again, know what's happening. I will say if I'm ever a grandfather, that's not going to be one of my last <laughs> wishes is to watch my grandson get wet for well, God. Well, I mean, again, it's like the, he's the pastor. And so he baptized himself, everyone in my family, except me. Mm. Because at oh, that time. You were like the final boss. I his, was the final yeah. boss. I was the final thing oh, before he could go on. Yeah. Let go. Card. I know. He was like, he oh, was so just, he baptized you. No, he baptized everyone besides me. Oh, no. Because. He got to the age where he just like couldn't. couldn't. I oh, probably would have drowned. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> all right, just stay under there. Go to God. Oh, no. Uh, and so, uh, it, so the idea was kind of like, do this it, it like wasn't a kindness. It here. wasn't like, what do you think about God? Like, mm. do you accept him as your savior, Jesus, and all this kind of stuff? It was more like, we got to do it for Papa. Yeah. He's on his way out. That's okay. really Let's go do it. Yeah. Do you want to? And but it was it's a kind of question. No, it's like, like you, there's you don't have a choice. Yeah, and also I don't really have a reason not to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, you don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 so you kind of just go through those motions. And that's kind of what it was again, wasn't go wasn't reading on my own, obviously, wasn't uh asking questions, wasn't going to the 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 children's ministry because I don't know. I didn't do a lot with those kind of people, and they always seemed really weird to me. Like, I didn't go to, like, I feel like I have so many friends out here. It's like, I w- we went to, like, vi- vacation Bible school. We went to the camps, and we went to the sleepovers, and this. And I didn't do any of that. All of all the stuff that you guys talk about in here, like, mm-hmm. these these popular artists that, like, everyone knows in, like, Bible circles, I don't know any of them. And maybe that was, like, a purpose of, like, I just don't want oh, to be a no. part of it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, like, tap into a lot of that stuff. So, anyways, I kind of grew up that way and it's just again but I, if you would have asked me i wouldn't have hesitated and said like mm-hmm. oh yeah i'm christian right because it's i grew up in it and it's just i didn't do anything to take myself out of it mm-hmm. and so it just is what it is i'm i'm here now and i was forced to go um you know not gun to my head but it's like okay the family's going okay let's go and i would help my parents teach sunday school mm-hmm. with my brother cuz that was the only way to kind of get us there to stay there and You'd help teach Sunday school? Yeah. Well, would help. You'd be like, here's how you play hangman. <laughs> well, my mom would be the this cool closet we can wander to. Yeah. All the cool, all the dress up. Well, my mom would be the one teaching the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so very much it was like, well, well, we'll be here and we'll help kind of put the papers out. Yeah. Make and sure we'll stay in the corner. I'll, I'll be like the muscle. TA. I'll be the muscle. It's like, watch it twerk. The bouncer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you didn't pray hard enough, kid. Bouncing you. Yeah, we did like for, like thir- like for uh, third graders. And I guess it, it, it was, again, I'm, it, it was another example of being on the periphery, kind of outside looking in, not really doing it myself, but watching other people be a part of it. And it got to the age, obviously, once I, once I could start driving myself, I didn't choose to, like, go anymore. Mm-hmm. And and then in college, wasn't going at all. I I think it was kind of like that that two-per-year Christian where it's Easter, Christmas. Oh, yeah, the Christian Christian. Yeah, because that's where family's going. So we're all going. So it sounds like you go. weren't getting a ton of pressure from your parents at that point to, like, stay engaged. You know what? I I wasn't, and to their credit, I think they were so forced. I think they were aware. I mean, my my mom uh, had a lot of trauma that I think she didn't get to, which is really sad that she didn't get to process it. And I only got to hear a glimpse of it at the end. Mm-hmm. Was that her growing up? It was like the the uh, your dad, my grandpa, the, the pastor. That's what means more than anything. Yeah. 
So everyone is second place, everything. third place, fourth place to the other other fellow pastors, the other uh, the people in the congregation if they have questions. So. Your dad loves you, but you come in like fourth or fifth. Yeah, and also you all. need to hold it together. You, you can't you do can't any, be a problem. You can't go be a part of Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything because we have the one car, yeah. and yeah. The, the, he needs to do it, go to church. So you can't do anything. We need to be at his beck and call if he kind of needs anything. By the way, we're going to Brazil for about five, six years during like her formidable years when you should be like Whoa. making friends or rebelling and. She, she didn't get any of that, and my dad was probably the same way. And so to their credit, I think when I was growing up, they didn't want to have to force me. They 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 were so afraid of forcing so much that then we would bail mm-hmm. because they built us up to be more independent. And so they also kind of knew part of that is that if they pushed too hard, we, we would be felt more comfortable to, to be like, peace, right. I'm not dealing with this, Right. where they didn't have that. And so, yeah, we didn't have the gun to our head. There was some kind of, sometimes more from my dad, like, this is what you got to do. This is what we do. Or don't make mom sad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. mom, you better not make mom angry. Like you got to go. <laughs> Those kind of conversations. Yeah. And so we did that a couple times. And then college, you know, you're so on your own. And once we went to college, it was like, there was none of that really. It was like, you're your own adult now at this point. Right. We're not going to tell you what to do. I'll, I'll kind of passively suggest that you should go. And so I think there was always kind of an interest there just the, of the nugget of growing up in it. Enough that was like, it's interesting. What is that? I still don't really know besides what you isms that you hear or kind of this or that. And so I remember, I remember checking out a church once or twice while in college. Sorry, Dexter. My story's boring. Little, I'm sorry. I'll snoring? stop. Oh, yeah. What is that? <laughs> He's like, tough. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Damn. Rude. If you want to be a producer, you need to pay attention. Damn. So I remember a, pivotal moment and it's so it's so weird and i very rarely get to like rarely get to share it is i uh what i mean wasn't christian really besides like name but i was uh sleeping with my girlfriend at the time and i thought i'd got her pregnant and i was so terrified that i started praying and that was the only it was because like for me when my relationship with god at the time was like vending machine jesus right. i need crisis i need a time. thing yeah. crisis uh-huh. i need you now yeah. hey i haven't <laughs> seen you in 20 years but i need Get you to work. i don't Show need up. <laughs> i don't need plan b i need plan jc <laughs> oh. 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 Plan G. oh god plan and g, g. and and, and so it was one of those things where you're like um, the bargaining kind of thing where it's like yeah. man if she please don't let this happen i swear i'll start coming to church kind of like the opposite of abraham and sarah in the Bible. <laughs> stop this pregnancy. Don't give me a baby. I'll the miracle well, will be stopping this you. pregnancy. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, that didn't happen. Uh, and, and so, I was like, okay, well, shit, I guess I got to keep up my side oh, of the yeah. bargain. So, damn it. You got me, it's God. It's funny now, but like, yeah. I know at the time, you were like, I made a promise. Yeah, you know, it was. And, kind of very sweet. and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just my proclivity or if it's growing up in the church, but there is like a built-in kind of guilt that I have where it's like, I will just eat myself alive if I don't do the thing that I said I would do. And so I started going to church once every other month Mm -hmm. 
couldn't find a place that I liked. <laughs> hey, I'm going. For the no baby lifestyle, you could do one. Uh, the terms dude. were loose. <laughs> hey, I was, contract. I was searching on the internet. My heart was kind of there. I was Googling. You're, good, you're lucky to get what you get, God. Oh God. <laughs> and so, so funny. it was, a, but it was enough that I was like, okay, I'm at least I'm engaging ish with it i'm i'm researching i'm looking what he's is doing this? his own research <laughs> i'm i'm showing source. up late sitting in the back i'm showing up late sitting in the back Make pew no not talking to a soul <laughs> piecing out when the prayer starts and like i was there technically you went to church i mean it, i went i just reverted back to when i was a kid just right. like check mark on this i on was the in the room yeah mm-hmm. did i listen no yeah i was probably trying to but i didn't know what was talked about yeah it's like god's your parole officer yeah (laughs) (laughs) gotta get stamped i was here i was good well it sounds like too you still kind of had a feeling of like the people that are like in on this are either like my grandpa and that family and that was rough or they're weird like you said (laughs) they're like i don't know if i'd be friends with them anyway there was like there was a i I tried to hold myself to this like i'm the i'm the cool christian though Mm -hmm. like which is basically (laughs) was kind of like do whatever i guess it was kind of like oh those people over there those are like the, i would always use the for like bible thumpers mm-hmm. those are the bible thumpers who are like they're kind of weird yeah it's like talking in tongues that's that's weird and i'm not that much but yay i like god i love god cool and that was kind of the end of it you yeah. know like no, we're totally. bro like bro like we're bros, we're bros. <laughs> that was my relationship i think for the longest time <laughs> and so people would ask me uh who my friends who were atheists or or anything else I was like, oh, yeah, I love God, but like, I wouldn't be able to back it up with any kind of knowledge. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I am because I am, because mm-hmm. I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. Because my, my mom and dad know him. And so, <laughs> right, yeah. and I know them. So I have, I'm They're connected to them. Yeah. And I, I think that was how it was for like my senior year in college. And then I moved out to LA and I still had enough of a want of, I, I want to not completely, I, I never wanted to completely abandon it mm-hmm. where my brother like did and was, was fine with it and didn't look back for me. It was like, I, I like something that's here, but I still don't, it's a mystery to me, but it was enough to, and when I moved to LA after, out of college, uh, to want to continue pursuing it. And honestly, I probably would have continued to do the Googling. I showed up once and uh, whatever, I'll go over once in a while. But I happened to just room with a friend who was going to the same church that Kevin was going to also. And uh, he my, he was just adamant about like bringing me, almost like annoyingly so, just because it was like, I don't feel like it, whatever. I still, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I just kept getting pulled along. And, and the church was just so different than, it's funny looking at it now, I would consider it a pretty conservative church. Right. <laughs> but at the pretty, time, it seemed pretty but, rock and roll. But compared to... You got guys like Kevin Porter there? <laughs> but Mr. Vest? I, I, people have a guitar? <laughs> this is cool. Ukuleles are in again? <laughs> Especially when all you've known... Because even the churches that I... The churches that I would look up... when I, I, I would look up Baptist just because that was all I know. Yeah. I was like, I'm doing Southern like, Baptist. At least I know what I'm getting I know what I'm getting I show into. up Brand here. loyal. Right. Yeah, yeah, where it's sitting in a pew with an organ and... And it's like no one talks. Like, yeah. like, seriously, like seriously, it's it's funny to say that uh, the, the, the new church in, in reality uh, in in LA I was going to felt way more liberal was just compared to what I knew. Where it was, little kids would get up there and like sing, 
And then it was met with like nothing. Like no one would what? clap. For the children? It was singing? because like no one no one made sounds. Like you weren't allowed to make sounds That's in the church. Bizarre. And so it was just like I don't know, I kinda like that now. Everyone shut up. up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah in reality, it. you know, we were turning and we we're supposed to do discussion with each other and like yeah. prayer and stuff. Well, and, yeah. and the pastor at the time was like, Oh, I used to be in a in a rock band. A, a guy who was like totally. closer to my age where I was so used to like 80-year-olds right. wearing a suit where it's like i i cannot connect to you at all whereas he was like uh was in bands and drugs rock and roll yeah, it was, yeah it more was charismatic and it yeah. felt like oh, and I he was hot he was a hot 31 year old man very young very that attractive. wasn't important to me at the time but mm. i can see it for you mm. yeah. it very, very charismatic though very <laughs> yeah, very charismatic charisma and that's what i mean by hot yeah holistic there was things about yeah. him that uh he was funny he was great at yeah. speaking absolutely very talented yeah. mm -hmm. and so it was really easy to get like uh, sucked into that and again like not in a bad way it was like wow this this feels like what i've been looking for right. where it's actually like people my own age here we're into the same stuff now that we're it's, talking about it i'm like we went to big youth group absolutely. Yeah, totally. the pastor's young and he's cool and he's like no, my no, totally. age and he knows my movies that i watch and stuff you well know? And, not, and not to get too into it but the the genesis if you will of that church network was a college ministry in santa barbara so the name Reality was literally the name that they had for this is for college students. And then the overflow right. of different churches and different cities was from that, from that original sense. thing. It, yeah, I guess it was just like a generational shift too. Mm -hmm. Like millennials were coming along. We needed a church for us. It's not the vibe there now, I don't think. Anyway. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I think it's, uh, and it, again, it felt so like different to me and it was really exciting. And so I went from passive to then more active then I was going to community groups. Then I was more like, actually reading my Bible or, and pressing in, asking questions. And or actually, I probably wasn't asking that many questions then. It was more just like I'm for the first time reading this book and just taking it at face value because I just didn't know anything from the Bible besides what you hear in, like as a kid about mm. Noah or, or about uh and Noah and the whale or not Noah and the whale. Oh my God, Jonah and the whale and Noah and the <laughs> There's ark. There's probably a whale around that um, ark um, somewhere. I'm already, I've already lost all my knowledge. <laughs> You're just naming Darren and Oscar. Exactly. <laughs> Noah and the whale. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I get it. And I think that was kind of how it was for about ten years, just trying to grow and learn and have a relationship. And I think the only other kind of major shift has been in the past three or four years where it gets to the point where you, you hear so many questions and outside noise that it becomes impossible to ignore or push away questions or things that just don't feel right about the culture or about American, uh, church and the way my, my own church that I'm going to and things that you buck up against and, and these things that you've just always kind of taken of like, Oh, why can't like women preach in this church? Mm -hmm. Okay, it's just the way it's always been. And then it gets to the point where like the answers like that aren't good enough anymore. And so you start asking things. And so I feel like I've been on more of a deconstruction kind of path the past 3 or 4 years and which is like honestly really scary and I don't like. <laughs> What's scary about it? It's scary questioning everything you've believed your whole life. And 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 doubt floods in and then it's hard it's hard when you when you circle maybe a hole or there's a gap there for that not to ripple 
to uh, and bleed into mm-hmm. other things. And then it gets scary. And then you're just trying to hold on to what you have. What do I but know? Yeah. What do I know? And then and then you're like, is anything real? Yeah. And so I, I think I've gone from that to the to the extreme of like maybe nothing's real to now trying to find the middle ground of breaking down the I don't know, questioning the things that are like, is this actually a sin or is this just systemic like racism or sexism or homophobia uh, that has bled into it and they've become the same thing. And now it's like, how do I traverse that? How do I, and I, I, I think I'm currently in a place of how do I, how do you traverse this thing? Because I'll tell you like, I'll tell there's, there's what I want to be true. And, but then it's like, well, it's not, you were always told it's not about me and I want to do what I'm supposed to do, but then you try and research and I can find a million articles that say why it's right or not right. And it's hard to, so it's, it's easy to gravitate toward, well, this is just more comfortable. Either, either it's more comfortable because I've always been this way and let's just not ask questions Mm -hmm. (laughs) or it's more comfortable be like, well, this doesn't, this feels icky mm-hmm. and this yeah. doesn't feel cool or about like how Jesus was. And so I'm, I'm, I find myself kind of there currently of still, uh, well, haven't really gone to church that much lately because I have two kids and there was a pandemic. So I'm still trying to be like, how do I do that? And how do I have that? But still in relationship with friends and, and are pursuing that in a way, but it, it just feels different. Yeah. It feels like, a like you can't go home again kind of thing mm. where you can't put Pandora back in the box. And so it doesn't feel as comfortable as it used to, which is sad kind of, but it's also, I'm glad that I'm not being a part or trying to fight against uh, being a part of a system that also like oppresses and hurts people. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a true psychological shift that feels almost as basic as like object permanence for little kids, which is like, if you stop going to a building <laughs> every week, then it's like, oh, wait, what's the authority over me? Like, it does shift in your head Mm -hmm. in a different way, just like not Mm -hmm. being in the tangible space. And the other thing I would say, too, in specific to what you're talking about, is I think uh, across the spectrum for people uh, of faith or not, like, believing in anything, is, is this sort of existential battle against nihilism, which is, like, even for, like, the most liberal, uh, or I should say the most progressive socialist, you know, it's easy to get into like, well, my vote doesn't count. Nothing Mm. means anything. I can't affect change. And I think sometimes when you're in a spot like you're in where you are wanting to be very, um, discriminating and, and careful and thoughtful about the way that you construct a point of view and especially as someone who has a family. So it's like, what do I tell the kids again? That it's, it's easy to, sort of buying in. And I think there's people that profit off of this idea. It's like a false dichotomy of like, it's either I have to believe that everything is stupid and nothing means anything and it's all just a black void, or I have to believe that what the Apostle Paul said is absolutely right. word for word, you know, like that. And it's not, I, I, I personally don't view it like that, that it's like between one or the other. And I, and I think there's a lot of people in similar spaces like that, that that kind of take advantage of that looming existential dread that I would imagine every human in some fashion feels at different points in their life. 
and it doesn't have to be like that. But but then also there's such comfort in the specificity and definition of a lot of stuff rather than like, you know, it's not comforting is like, I don't know, figure it out, make it up and yeah. choose your own adventure. That's, that's less easy than like, okay, here's, here's the dimensions of, of the boat that you're getting in and here's how you're going to float on it. And here's the paddles and here's what the oars do, you know, mm-hmm. like that it's less comforting in that, but, but it doesn't make it less true. So I, I empathize with the idea though, that it feels like the house of cards thing of like, if I take this card out, the whole thing falls apart. But I think it doesn't have to be like that. It just requires sometimes an annoying amount of effort <laughs> yeah, into like, yeah. okay, let me really pay attention and mind to this stuff, if yeah. that makes sense. It, for sure. And that's that's for sure where I'm at. I'm trying to, I think where I was at one end of the spectrum and then it's easy to drift to the other end of the spectrum, I think I've, I'm definitely in a more of kind of like saving babies from bathwater uh, kind of situation yeah. where it's, save the root of it and hold true to this. But then all this other stuff that you were told was just as equally important. Like it's not, or it's like hurtful or these other things. And at first it feels wrong or hard to know what to like break away because you're told that like not to do that. (laughs) It feels like for the longest time. That's like the worst thing you could do is to decide what is ethical or not in this life we lead. But you know, you're being very brave and like you're doing the right thing. And what you're doing is like you are taking the ethics that you learned in your faith growing up and you're making it consistent across your life. Yeah. And and even to the point of stepping outside the people that gave you those ethics in the first place, you know, mm-hmm. and you're also in the process that is very scary, but extremely wonderful to be like, I actually can trust myself to some degree Yeah. to decide if something is right or not. And my life and my lived experience has proved that to me and that matters. It doesn't matter. You used to hear it like it didn't matter <laughs> like mm. what you went through yeah. or what someone who was harmed by homophobia in the church went through. Yeah. It didn't matter if it didn't align with this like interpretation. But you're learning it does matter and it does inform what you do. And like it, it's what we all have to do and decide like what do we actually care about? What are my ethics? What are my values? And then... It is totally fine to then recombobulate and Lego build your faith after you do that, Mm -hmm. you know, and take the things that matter to you. And it sounds like you're doing that. And it's really, it's brave. And you could, like you said, you could just be in inertia and let it pass over you and like kind of check in or check out or not try to align your values with what your church is saying. Yeah. But you're doing that work. That's really hard. So way to go. I appreciate that. And it, it is, and you're right. It is hard, and it, it, and it's hard again because you're you're told it, it sounds like an abusive relationship, and it I guess in some ways it is unfortunately. And again, like not crapping on. There's a lot of there's so much good about it, but there is a lot of bad too. And it's really hard even even hearing you say uh, we should be able to like trust ourselves to a certain extent. But that's like not kind of what you're told in the church. You're told in the church of like. God loves you, but you were broken and fallen right. and like a, a black heart kind but of in a way of like, serve how can you trust that we can't trust ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It makes you only, yeah. It makes you completely doubt yourself. But I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to hold it all and balance it. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. And I was, and doing that with two new kids as like my mom died and a lot, it was like a, a it's been a rough season mm-hmm. of just trying to, because I, I wanted nothing more than just like the hope of heaven mm-hmm. when my mom died. Mm-hmm. But then when I was in the midst of deconstruction, mm-hmm. and so you're like, 
Ugh, this is this is not oh, hitting me at feeling. the right time. I hate that feeling. It was yeah. really like a shitty <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I feel like I'm coming out of that, but in existential kind of crises and all that, and a lot of just like heavy stuff at the same time. And I couldn't run back to just like the blanket of like it'll be okay. Yeah, it didn't feel good anymore yeah, either. It, did, you it know? didn't feel good anymore. Yeah. Kind of the, like I said, like the the box, so the Pandora, hard. Pandora box, which yeah. I think to underline Caroline's point makes it all the more courageous to not accept uh, pat theology or answers when it's when there's a part of you that's like, oh, this is the thing that would be absolutely most comfortable. Totally, in the midst of like such loss with family, it it, it underlines even more like the importance of, of you asking those questions and. And either way, I don't know. It's just one of those things when when I think about it, especially because like the 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 two things that like we've talked about a lot on this show with guests is like, well, what do people decide about what they believe? One of the two two of the most common testing points for that, it's like everyone's an atheist until you know there's turbulence on the plane. But two of the most common points to that are uh, when someone you love passes away, and when you have kids to raise as a parent, <laughs> you're no, at the same time. You're yeah, stewarding both of those at the same time. I think it is impressive just to survive. Yeah. In, in that way, as well as do all the you yeah, know work totally. that you're doing. Yeah, it, like it, emotionally and psychologically. I, I appreciate that. I didn't know I'd come here and just like get patted on the back. You for should get patted on the Thank back. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I am a wonderful person. No, um, <laughs> yeah, you're doing the right honestly, thing. Do yeah. whatever you want, exactly. man. And also, like anything goes. <laughs> if God put it on your heart, go for it. But I, I mean, that is part of it too, of like trusting yourself and also being like, I'm not always right either, yeah. and that's okay too. I'll figure it out. Yeah. You I, know and that'll be okay. I, I think, yeah, you're totally right. And Kevin, you, you're right when you were saying like, it's just, it's, it requires a lot more thought and patience and precision mm-hmm. because it was, it, it and I know a lot of people and I was this way also where it was like, it was all or nothing. It was like, I want all of it or I want none of it. Mm-hmm. And, and my brother very much has still been in that kind of outside looking in. And for him, all he sees of the church is, um, God hates gay people and they're all going to burn in hell forever. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, and I was talking to them at my mother's deathbed. So this was a wild time. My brother was trying to talk about his faith wow. and he was just like, I just can't get on board with this. Like what I can't, I, I don't want to be a part of that. And hearing that was like, man, I get it. That sounds Fair. not yeah. loving and it sounds very hateful. Um, and so it, but whereas he was like, I can't deal with it. Peace out to all of it. I feel like I am trying to be more patient of like, how do I tweeze and work out and, and, or chisel away and make this stone and this, uh, the, uh, the sculpture that is more emblematic of what I think Jesus and the church should be. Yeah. And I'm having to chip that stuff away and chipping away on myself, which yeah. Yeah, again, <laughs> well, you can do it. And you're, you're not the first person to do this, sure, you know, yeah. that's the comfort too. Yeah. You'll have so many people throughout mm-hmm. history and, and now in churches around this town, doing the exact same thing you're doing yeah. and finding a faith that is still helpful and beautiful and good for you and your family and not also bringing this baggage of like, we have to harm others to oh, exist, God, you know? I know. So I know. You, it's possible, like it's there, but like give yourself time to, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, yeah. And, and within that like context of relationship with other people, it, it, that's the thing that kind of gives you the permission to do that because, because when you are surrounded by the, 
what feels like the monoculture of like, this is it, and you can stray from it, but then this is what it is. The more you get into those like smaller niches of of community, it, just because it's smaller, obviously, doesn't make it less true or less true from you. And and the one thing I would say, uh, just speaking from personal experience with you, is that wherever you end up with it, I know you would never be someone who would put the people you love in your life and your family and your wife and your kids second to God in the way that you described that sometimes your mother experienced. Like right. You, mm-hmm. I, I've known you for a decade and a half. I have full confidence that that would never happen. So I would just express the comfort of like, I'm not worried about that part of it. And I, I kind of trust your discernment and instincts. Well, and I feel it. like if you're doing it the quote unquote right way, I mean, who knows what the right way is, but it's like, you shouldn't have to choose like, well, either I love God or I love my kids. <laughs> right. and it has like, no, it shouldn't That's have ridiculous. to be that way. What God would ask yeah, that of you? It should be like the same way that like, I love my wife. And out of that, you that love your kid. You. Yeah, it yes. guides you. It shouldn't be, I yeah. gotta pick one. Yeah. Sorry, kids, oh. you're coming up. <laughs> Bye. You're right. like, what? Yeah, it's that really sucks. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. And yeah, the deconstruction thing is very just interesting because I have a lot of friends and, and people who are going through it and it's and they've, they've been a great resource and backup. But then I know some of them, I get fr- afraid of deconstructing so much where now then you're just kind of left in a rubble and now angry. you don't, and angry yeah. and you don't know what to rebuild or if you want to rebuild. And so I feel like that's been scary too, where it's like, no, I want this thing and I'm trying to, I don't want to break it all down where then I don't know left from right. And now I'm just in the deep end of the pool and I can't see the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. How are you? How, I'm not sure you guys talk about this all the time on the show, but I don't know. Are, are you guys in a similar place or how are you guys in, mm. I guess, in your kind of, or, is that, or am I not supposed to ask that? No, no, no. That? We Sorry. Ask the oh, shit. <laughs> um, Damn, moving along. On. No. <laughs> Damn, Adam, don't get personal. <laughs> I find a lot of permission from the, uh, because some of this does honestly function in like a socially Darwinian sort of way where it's just like there's groupthink and you become a part of the communities where your values align and your interests align. So I feel like even in community with like, my new church. And then, and then honestly being in community with people, being in community, Jesus, I sound like I'm in a community group right now. <laughs> Doing life. Falling back to patterns with me, Kevin. <laughs> I yeah, I you got us you. in our reality LA back now. <laughs> exactly. uh, that, that's the thing that I feel kind of a movable confidence in is like, uh, if you take whatever the poetic, the poetic idea or the poetry image of uh, the body of Christ being the church and then the church being the people, I I have an easier time putting my faith in like imperfect people that I know can hurt me and I can hurt them or disappoint and whatever. But uh, my particular sort of like uh, demonstration or performance of faith, I think functions best in that context now, rather than like, Okay, I need to like square. There's there's contradictions between the Gospel of John and the Gospel mm-hmm. of Luke. So what does that mean for you know whether women can be allowed to talk? You know, like right. I I I try to not avail myself with that so much and just like trust the people that are in front of me. Um, and you know whether that's like the folly of man or blah blah blah. I I I I'm really trying to shed that idea. And I still, this is sort of the bringing a gun to a knife fight with it. But like 
with whatever the belief system is, I would rather be wrong technically if it's like actually it was this and you should have followed scripture. I'd rather be wrong about that and for to have like a good a decent personal legacy with the people I love and mm. know. You were wrong because you were leading out of love as right. opposed to well I was wrong because I was hating people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Rather than like be right and like break my back to be faithful to something that then people are the collateral damage of right. if that makes sense. Totally. So that's how it is for me right now. You get that? Yeah. That's what like love your neighbor is about. Yeah. Literally like let people guide in some level your the way you feel people should be treated and mm-hmm. their ethics to be fine. Yeah. It- Especially after the past couple of years, when you just see so many people who claim to be Christian and you just do not want to be like them, yeah, you're yeah. just like, wait, we're calling ourselves the same thing. Right. Something is not cool about this. Mm. So something needs to change. And so those are the kind of eye-opening stuff that should have happened probably earlier, mm. but it's okay. At least it's happening now. Yeah, it's fine. And mm-hmm. I think like you, I, I don't see you getting to the point where you're in rubble and don't know where to go left or right. I don't think that that's, I don't know, maybe that it has happened or, or could, but I don't think that that would be where you stay. Yeah, It doesn't seem like that's who you are. And also, yeah. I don't know. I, I think the more you exist outside the atmosphere as you have been doing of Christianity, the world is so much bigger yeah. than Christianity. There are so many things out there and there are so many beautiful ways to cling to spirituality and care and love for each other. I think I'm just like, I'm in the place now where I'm just still, I'm still like discovering the expanse of what is available to us to live well and happily and to enjoy our time here yeah. on earth. And so I'm just like leaning into that and letting that kind of, come to me as it does and then otherwise like I still have to go to work and like get my coffee and like whatever and be a human and it's fine to have both of those things at the same time and I think the longer I have lived outside of the church the less I feel lost and the more I feel like oh there's actually a bajillion safety nets underneath me and I can also trust myself like we talked about too you know like I will find a way and it will be okay and I, my and my world hasn't fallen apart this far. For sure. <laughs> so like it'll be fine. And again, and I open I I keep myself open to like I may totally radically change my mind about this. If if a tragedy tragedy came to me or if something really opened my eyes something else like I may become a hardcore Buddhist. Like I have no idea, you know, yeah. but for now like I'm fine. Yeah. And that's okay. I, I think you're right about like the, the the big world out there and I think that's what was delayed me is that when you grow up in Texas it's a big place and it feels, and it feels, it feels like, the, like world. the whole world. Yeah. And when you're certainly when you're a child. Yeah. Of course and so it does. when you see, uh, just corny, whatever on billboards and you see, uh, churches in every corner and it's just like, you're inundated with it. So it feels like that is the world. Yeah. And, and America is small. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like there's just so much. That's why, man, it was such, it's, you hear it from so many people, but it really is like everyone should like leave where they live and go live somewhere else. And even coming from, I mean, still a little bit being in the same country, but it feels like different worlds being in Texas and California, mm-hmm. certainly LA and uh, yeah, just opening up and just seeing like, oh yeah, the world is a lot bigger than, than Mesquite, Texas and, mm-hmm. and whatever. <laughs> Whether or not I'm going to that church or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you. Man, well, I'm just so proud of you. I hope that doesn't sound condescending, but I've just known you for <laughs> oh, so long. No, I have such pride that. in you. I've always <laughs> felt that way. No, I appreciate that. I mean, I, yeah, we've been a part of each other's lives for a long time, and 
we've experienced a lot together and uh, similar stages and gone through stuff. And I think you were going through what I'm going through just like eight years prior (laughs) or even early, maybe even earlier. In some ways, but then it was also different. Like the the specs of it were different too, in terms of like life circumstance and family stuff. So, so yeah, it's not one for what, but, but yeah, it's not like, it's not like you're catching up or something, but just the idea of like, yes, some of the similar questions exist, but Mm -hmm. I'm not, uh, I'm not worried about you at all. Thanks, guys, for loving on me. Yay. Hey, hey, we're we, here to love on you. We did community you. group, you guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break to pray. And love on Adam. And we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. I guess we're diving into the end zone, right? Nice. Of some sort of... I can't wait to watch you work through this I know. Did you have to Google that term? (laughs) Okay. And zone, end zone. Did you know, how long did it take for you to realize what the pocket was? I still don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's taken until was the end of no this one podcast. Okay, so <laughs> I, th- I, I think I I'm know. embarrassed because I already knew Kurt Warner's story. Oh, I'm a okay. big football fan. Okay, and what so is embarrassing? I'll, because I'm I know so it's not cool here. in this city no, it is cool. to know sports. I think it's fine. I'm, I'm so glad you did. Man. I was hoping one of us would know what the fuck was going on so, in this movie. <laughs> no, if you would have told me that, like, <laughs> the combination of like film, God, Football, you know, I've been Chuck. like, that's me. <laughs> Chuck, sign me up. And then you're like, well, then you, then you get this. But yes, I, I will be here to answer all, any and all football questions, Phew. which I'm sure no one cares about. Thank you. We're in the pocket. Of here, the here, here, here's <laughs> what I would ask. Do you think that the the football action, because you're a big Friday Night Lights fan like oh, I am. Sure. Do you feel like the football action was credibly directed? Like the choreography of it, watching it in, in the movie? Uh, okay, so it's a it's, uh, great question. Now, I was, I was going to even ask you guys. Like, I think football is a hard sport to film. To make cinematic. I was thinking that. Yeah. I was I, like, this must be so hard to do this. I did an, a video on my uh, channel, Entertaining Elk, about how I think actually baseball is the best because it's so slow. And it's, all and drama. Space it's all drama. It's all drama. There's the slow pace. You can see different certain people in the dugout. There's a lot of like isms and a lot of traditions about baseball. But with football, it's like short bursts of like thir- like 22 people on the field. And you're like, a millimeter what? between them. Yeah. Like, so how are you supposed to get the camera in there? It's hard to get all of it. And, yeah. But even they were doing arena football a little bit in there which has its own rules that I watched for like a couple like half a game and I was bored by it but so there's a lot <laughs> I think it was filmed I mean fine I guess I mean all the, the all the places looked like it was just green screen or really dark and 
Uh, sure. I mean, that is what it is, a small budget, but I think it was fine. Yeah. I, I think that my biggest, my biggest thought about this movie is going to be, in, in summation, it's the biggest sin is that it is being boring. And it wasn't a good film. It wasn't like the worst film no. that would make it fun to like, you know, have a drinking game or like to laugh at mm-hmm. with your friends. Mm-hmm. It was just like fine. I'm just like, boring. it was aggressively Kurt, fine. Yeah. I think living your life must have been a wild roller coaster. Watching it was not. It was just like, well, and also, the, this, it was Mr. This, Toad's <laughs> Wild Ride. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, this is this sucks. Like, I'm sorry this happened to you. This is terrible. I don't know what the what the like lesson we're supposed totally. to learn here, or Does like what is it? What's like? I mean, a tornado ripped her family out of the house. Well, like, that's t- not hang good. On, hang on, hang on. Baby boy Anna was Paquin's like dropped on her head <laughs> in the tub. I mean, there was like some horrifying shit that happened to these people. Like, I'm I'm with. He them almost for that. let them freeze to death in their car. They almost froze to death. It's like stuff that. That like happens to average people totally. throughout all of, all of our lives. Losers, you know? and <laughs> losers. <laughs> but that doesn't make a movie. No, totally you right. Know? I, like, I, and I, that's and it was also knowing that like I know he's Kurt Warner. I yeah. know he will be a football right. star by yeah. the end of this. So we're just like slogging through the worst things that happen right. to you in your life. So let's, yeah. let, let's <laughs> okay. Sorry, we're jumping around. But yeah, yes, you're let, right. Let's back it up a little bit. This is American Underdog. It's a brisk hour 50 minutes you can watch it on hulu if you deign to do so it's an Irwin brothers movie the Irwin brothers are not it's not we've said it before but just to reemphasize it's not like kirk cameron core bargain bin not jim the baker Cristiano brothers no no no, no. <laughs> it's like incredibly competently made movies yeah. they shoot it in atlanta and oklahoma they always make their money back although they've not made as much money since uh i can only imagine the juggernaut i can only imagine. the the the, what's Even those, the like a spiritual the reunion yeah. with dennis quaid back in the mix and whatnot but this follows the i just Kurt- it on the mic Sorry. oh god <laughs> oh god it's all coming like out. elvis emma taken and double it uh, <laughs> but uh it follows his sort of ascent to quarterback of the Rams status from years 1992 to 1999 Roughly, yeah, and his uh, romance with his wife Brenda, Brenda Warner, who whose hair does look like that. Oh it really God. does. And I had so many notes. And, and, and this is the thing is is I, and I, I want your take, Adam, on it too, because I'm so unfamiliar with the general arc of what a professional athlete has to go through to get to, you know, the highest echelon of like literally winning the Super Bowl, literally being a star quarterback. I would imagine there's usually some adversity, <laughs> just generally. Like, yeah, it's kind of hard. Like, it's a, you know, it's a very privileged position to make a shit ton of money playing right. a game. You know, doesn't mean like that they're not deserving or not talented or whatever. I was very confused watching the movie. What was particularly interesting about his journey there? I, I, because I'm unfamiliar with what the average journey yeah. is. I couldn't identify what was unique about his. It's other- like he wasn't drafted, and so that right. was like the big Guys, woo. Let he- me take you under my wing, okay. and I'll <laughs> tell you what they were talking about. Now, and you're, and you're, and this is my perspective of having never played, never good at sports. Yeah. I like watching them, but I haven't gone through, obviously, any of this That's not a prerequisite at all for okay. watching football. I felt it was because I'm going to talk a big game where it's like, I don't, I'm, I just watch. So the idea is that like when you are recruited 
high school into college, the idea is that like the big high schools have the big talent that go to the big colleges. Like you go to Alabama or Georgia it's or like Texas. It's like a pipeline for it all is. of these guys. And so when you're at these like uh, what that single A schools, whatever, whatever the big sure. the big schools, mm-hmm. they're the ones who have the most eyes on them. They have the most money, the biggest games. They play on prime time. So most more scouts can see them, and so then there's more chance to have more film out there. That then it, the idea is like, okay, you're playing against the best of the best. We we've seen it a little bit on tape. We'll we'll draft you, whatever. This idea with this is that it's it's harder when you go to a smaller school, double A school or whatever, that's like in the middle of nowhere. You have no film. You're playing against nobody. The coaches you, aren't connected to anybody they all, would know. The, yeah. You're playing against soon-to-be teachers and <laughs> like right. uh nurses or whatever, you know, members of your valid members of your community, but these aren't people who are like eat yes. and are like just machines who are going to kill you on the football field. Mm-hmm. And so they think he was like, no one's ever made it out of a double A score. It's really hard. And so why bother? And he was a backup. So he didn't have a lot of film to get out there. So I think that was like the big thing they were trying to set up was that you're a backup at a small school. No one knows who you are. Right. The, the, and then, and then I think he was a fifth year player. So he was also kind of older. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, a lot of people want like the bang for their buck. So they want you like <laughs> a year or two out of college. So that way you're young still and not, It was very clear that working or playing in arena football was like being a rodeo clown. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, like, look down on. It's like, this isn't like legit. Yeah, it's like WWE football, I guess. So so it is a movie that tracks that at the same time it's tracking his romance with Brenda Warner, as played by Anna Paquin. And obviously, Kurt Warner is an EP on this movie. It's all sanctioned. <laughs> Very clear. Um, Everything was so, <laughs> you could tell, was so valuable to him. All, every single moment of totally, his life totally. needed to be told. And yes. Brenda and Kurt, they were, they're on the you know promotional trail for this movie, gassing <laughs> it up, talking about why it's great. And honestly, articulating it better than the directors did sometimes. I was watching some interviews where one of the Irwins was just saying, like, yeah, it's a, a movie about... Um, Following your dreams. And uh, if you have a dream, you should follow it and you can do anything (laughs) and anything is possible. And after this year and a half we've had, we need that right now, you know, like Mm -hmm. the 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 value of it after watch people something achieve something. And 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 what's what's most interesting to me about this movie, because this is not offensive, it doesn't really have a a specific point of view politically like like some of this stuff does, but there's this assumption of uh, it's in the title, but like maybe American exceptionalism and something that the, like Kurt says in the movie, it's played by Chuck himself, Zachary Levi, famous Christian. Old Zachary oh, is he really? Levi, I gotta famous say. Famous Christian. I did not know that. Oh yeah, he talks about it all the time. He I did put, not know why he was in this movie because it was coming off of like Shazam, which was like his biggest thing <laughs> yeah, by far. That's so I was thing. like, why were you it's in a, this? It's usually a lower tier where it's like, well, you know, you want to stay busy. You can make one of these movies. He did this movie. He has another faith-based film coming out, oh, wow. I didn't which know he's that starring with Megan Fahey from White Lotus for some reason. Some other people. Okay. I think they shot it a while ago. Mm. But like, clearly, it's because he has because it is something where it's like, yeah, you're Shazam, you're good. You're on Marvelous Mrs. Right. Maisel, you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, which he's pretty good on that. He's doing one for him, two for God. It, it, is, it is so funny for him to play a Christian quarterback rock star in this movie and to have him play a Jewish man on Mrs. Maisel at the same time. Well, also for him to play B-40 playing a, like a 20-year-old 20, 20 for half you the guys. movie. For John, half like, the, the John movie. C. Riley hey, and Dewey Cox. You guys. <laughs> half the movie. I was like, we're here for like five minutes. No, we're here for like an hour. Yeah. But, but something he articulates a couple of times is why would God give me a dream? Hmm. 
that he wouldn't want me to, to come to fruition. Why would this, you know, and his love of the game as articulated to his future wife and his, you know, romantic interests at the time is like something my dad and I really cared about before he left. And I feel comfortable with the football. And that's all we're given. That's like the only specs to like. It's like, I like football. Yeah. But that yeah. makes me a special man in America. Well, <laughs> you know? and, and, and that's why I'm wondering. <laughs> I, I'm interested in the intersection of like, and not to make it like totally Jesus and John Wayne, but just the idea of like, if I want to do something, I it has to happen. It has to be 100%. accomplished. I, just, I deserve it. And right. like my path will be cleared. To make that happen, it's not good. I'm gonna have to work on it. Yeah, I'll have to do everything, but so will everyone else because, like, it must happen because I can do it. Therefore, I will do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. it intersects with like <laughs> prosperity theology a little mm -hmm. bit, which is like God wouldn't give you a dream if He didn't want you to see it to fruition. So and it happened means, for him, right? Who cares about the thousands of other yeah. boys, you know, who dreamed of being quarterback in the NFL? It's such you know? an, an easy trap or kind of dangerous kind of ideology about like, if you have a dream that God put on your heart, right. you will get and that God thing. Will get that. And God will just give it some time, yeah. you know, like and that will happen. I feel like it's such Abandon your family. Yeah, get your <laughs> wife them, on board. Let them die. Yeah, it's like, ugh. One thing I will say is it was very cool how central his wife, Brenda, was to the story. She was not like a sideline character. Mm -hmm. Who was just like cheering him on, you know, like do mm -hmm. go do football. I'll I'll do whatever it You're takes. Never gonna make it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never gonna make it. Um, she was like their romance really mattered yeah. to his story, which I thought was really special. Was it interesting? No, yeah. but I'm glad <laughs> right, that right. they like put an emphasis on like she is not a uh, you know second fiddle to him. Like she is very much a part of the story and, and a driving force in his mm -hmm. life. And it's almost a trope culturally to when people think about. Uh, uh, Christianity and the in popular culture in the 20th or 21st century is you think of athletes in speeches and when they win the Super Bowl being like, I want to thank God, I yeah. want to thank Jesus Christ. And this is almost just like zooming in on to that, like, why did they thank God? Let's find out. Right. Like, this is just like the backstory to a familiar thing where it's like, is Kurt Warner, does he have like a special mind or a beautiful gift that's unparalleled and genius in a way that's singular compared to the rest of his field? I don't, I, I literally can't tell, probably not, but that that's the thing I found most interesting is like, it is, it's a pretty paint by numbers, follow your dream and your dream is good with a little bit of God juice under it. And not even Jesus Christ, just when they play, you know, and when they do the, the little montage that these, these kinds of movies are prone to do, Christian or not at the end where it's like, and now here's footage of the real guy. It's real. They play his speech and he's at the Super Bowl and they say, you were stocking shelves five years ago and now you won the Super Bowl. And he says, yeah, I want to thank my family. I want to thank God. He thanks Jesus Christ in the real speech. They don't put it in the movie. Oh, interesting. They edit, they yeah, de-Jesus-fy right. it yeah. a little bit, which I found to be compelling yeah. as, like a, as an artifact where it's like these are literally, you know, conservative, Christian, evangelical, evangelical filmmakers. Yeah. But they're like, well, let's make it God, not Jesus. Like they're yeah. still... Well, that seems Operating to be Kurt's that, thing, too. Yeah. He wants to be, I think, a little bit more like a non-label Christian. Sure. Interesting. I was trying to find a little bit of research about the real guy. And, of course, the first thing you do is just whatever the guy's name is, Trump, <laughs> to see what he said. <laughs> he was— Oh, Kurt Warner has said about Trump? Or yeah. What, oh, okay. And he was like, 
a supporter, obviously, and he's yeah. on Lauren Boebert's Christmas cards or whatever for some reason. Not surprising. He also spoke out against Trump's criticisms of NFL protests. So oh. Kurt Warner is pro-NFL protest people taking a knee. He said this is actually uh, compatible with the ideals of Amer- what's great about America okay. and the right to blah, 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 da, da, da. So he's not totally just one thing, but he's a lot of what you would expect. Sure. Yeah. The other thing that's curious about this movie What's funny about anytime you do based on a true story and you make it into a movie is that sometimes the contours of real life are so weird and specific that when you when you put it into a fictional context of a movie, it feels strange. For example, the idea of a very brutal, like a like a very sad story of a child getting brain damage that was the wildest moment in the entire movie that was the wildest moment so he's he he meets brenda is played by anna paquin who's you know explosion at the wig factory all (laughs) kinds of hair (laughs) (laughs) and she's saying like i have two kids one of them's legally blind he wasn't always this way his father dropped him on his head when he was four months old and it and obviously this kid you know the the man now exists in real life and he you know is a real uh, son in person, but within the context, it's so shocking. It's out hear. of the blue. It's because it you, you, it's like you, he's with their family, whatever on the on the I think on the ground, like with the radio, whatever. And then he goes back to football, doing that, and he cuts back to this conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. like mid, and you're just Wild. like, whoa. And I feel like my I, I kept catching my face making the same face when it would cut to Zachary Levi, where it's just like deer in the headlights <laughs> like, like holy uh, shit there's just like yeah. good lord you're dumping a lot of heavy like, stuff whoa. out of the blue and yeah. then another story beat that i thought oh this you know this is only here because it did happen in real life is when brenda's parents are killed by a tornado mm. <laughs> which is not funny not funny but feels but so are you guys laughing though? So we all laughing though. <laughs> hey because it's so pro tornado over here <laughs> I'm not, not pro tornado. I do not torna- stand behind tornadoes <laughs> and their activity. <laughs> we but it is such tornadoes. a like, wild left turn. Yeah, it feels like a like a soap opera moment almost. Yeah. But again, it's like this is a real thing that happened with this family. You guys are hitting on the exact same thing I was kind of hitting on, where it's like uh, or taking notes on. It's like this movie read like a Wikipedia page, where it's like all of these things are true. This is real life cool movies aren't real life like it needs to flow have motivation whatever this is just like random beats that you're kind (laughs) of like hitting on that's like their date well for me it was it was the a trope that i hate it was after the tornado and they die and she's like she's grieving she's like i just need some time alone and then he saw that as the romantic time to like propose to her and i was like i always hate the moments (laughs) when people are grieving and spilling their guts and it's met with like a makeout session i hate that like that is not romantic that's not kind not reading those words for me i don't know (laughs) okay we'll talk later um but it's like that, that kind of moment. It's like, how did we get here so fast? And like, it just feels yeah. like we're bouncing around right. so quickly and nothing is connecting to each other really at all. Mm-hmm. And I logically understand the stakes of his football career, yeah. but I can't say that I like felt anything, you know, yeah. when he gets the final spot. It's like, okay. Because it feels so good. predestined in a way. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it's one of the, especially <laughs> when it, when it's like, and it's Zachary Levi, and in in real life, Kurt Warner is a handsome guy too. Where it's just like this brawny man who's like very conventionally handsome, 
and looks like he is already a star quarterback, then becomes one. It's right. just such a it's like can he do it? It's such yeah. a funny it's like from it's not a rags to riches. I mean, I guess it literally is. And and the the low point is like he has to work at a grocery store. He has to stock the shelves. The, hum- the humility of that. But then, like, you see his friend at the end who still works at the grocery store. Being Stocking like, the magazines of him. On I was the like, thing. this is tragic. <laughs> yeah. Like, because don't show this guy. Like, does, that's so sad. It does a sports movie trope of, like, cross-cutting of, like, this person's watching it, this person's watching it. And, and they're all the guy in the grocery not, store. They're nodding yeah, their they're head like, I knew he really would. Did. That son, son of, of a, a bitch. bitch. <laughs> you, you, you do wish it would have stayed with the grocery store worker. And he turns the the TV off after the game and just goes. <sighs> <sighs> My life is not good. Not good. I was in the same boat as this guy. And like so our lives sad. have taken different paths. Yeah, and now he's like. Thank fucking God I never have to work at that grocery store again. What a low point that, in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't kill myself when I he was He shouts that there. out at the Super Bowl speech like, there's this one guy and he was nice, but woo, what a loser. Thank God. <laughs> I was so sad. And then, of course, there's other... I'm trying to think of, of even what other things that if you were watching it on mute, like at someone's house or at a bar, you wouldn't be like, oh, this is a Christian movie. If you had the sound on, you would when a POD song drops in the middle oh, of a movie yeah, in yeah. 2021. Yeah, my wife, my wife called boom. that. She was like, oh, really? oh there it is. They, I, I didn't know they a Christian group. Yeah. Which oh, actually, sure. I didn't know that. Day of Blonde Death, like, baby. I was like, oh, I didn't. I guess that's why they put it in there. <laughs> there was that. And we got My Life Be Like, ooh, ah. We got oh, yeah, one of those. There were right. some interesting needle drops. We were just like, what? Okay. Vince Gill singing the song over the credits like, love is good or whatever he's saying. I, I guess I was like. Maybe if I was really into football, this movie would feel no, exciting. No. Okay, so I'm into football, <laughs> and it was not. I'm like, into football, and I good. was not into it. <laughs> it, it re- I read like someone. I mean, I, I, it's like was it, it wasn't about football really? I guess, or I guess it kind of was. It's like you don't know what they're what. What are we tracking? And so yeah. a lot of it was felt predetermined of like, if only they would just give me a chance, they would see that I'm great. There was a lot of like turmoil of like, of like having to figure it out. The, the the lamest kind of surface level kind of crap was like, you got to stay in the pocket, mm-hmm. which d- d- didn't make sense. Uh, and didn't seem to be something he had to do anyway. It, did, it didn't. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then it was dropped. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, a, I was like, okay, we've mentioned it three times here in the first five minutes. Joe <laughs> Montana, so he's staying in the pocket. <laughs> like, okay. Well, and you got coaches saying to him like, you see adversary, adversity, and you run away from it every time. It's like, Where I don't think he ever from? ran no. away from it. true. He seems like, to be that, heading headfirst yeah. into adversity. That would have been interesting if that was the through line, not trusting stuff, and then like trying to bail on the family because it's too much. But that never happened. He was like Mr. Great Dad from day yeah. one. He, whatever. And then the, the, other, the only kind of blip of a thing was like, you're not throwing the ball fast enough. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's what Failure. we have to overcome. I, I, I think what? it maybe wasn't even like, oh, can he ever come? It was more like he is just a virtuous man and like the payoff of being a virtuous man and doing everything right is like eventually God will reward you with an NFL contract of millions of dollars yeah. and five more children. Yeah. And oh I my think, God, yeah, I, about that. <laughs> oh, by yeah, the way, seven, for a Christian yeah. movie too, I was like, these two are moving in together. They're not married. It's oh, kind of clear they I had sex at yeah, one yeah. point. She took his shirt off. Yeah, I was like, or okay, they cut right before. Irwin Brothers. Like a Haze Code <laughs> era like, Once you're not a virgin movie. anymore, it's like, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> All the same. 
all covered by the same brace. Yeah, it's um, all right. I, I will say, when you assigned this movie, uh, I was bracing myself of like, oh God, Christian movie, here we go, buckle up. And there wasn't really that much God in the movie. Hardly. Uh, I, I think I made a note that the first mention of God was about 25 minutes in. Right. And a lot of it was kind of, which, Hey, which which is I kind of appreciated more. Again, it felt kind of like another element that you were just whacked on the back of the head with out of the blue. But there were moments when like she's grieving in the bathroom and and I was like, there was something there that I appreciate about the raw honesty and like anger of trying to wrestle with her faith in this. It's like, that's cool. But again, it's just kind of out of nowhere. And then we leave it and then it's gone. A lot of it's just kind of like hiccups on the road, but people... It's like you just touched it. It's like, okay, we, we checked that box. We hit that moment in my life because that really happened. Yes. And we, now it's on the screen. Okay, now let's go off. And that's the thing I tell okay. my friends or the youth group about. Yeah, I honestly totally. feel like it would almost be more of an interesting movie of like what happened to him after he achieved all this success. Mm. Like when fame and money came for you, were yeah. you virtuous? When, you're, interesting. when you had to sacrifice seeing your family to be at Christmas football game. The big one, I know. He he just becomes a dick (laughs) right after he experiences success. Yeah, you know, or like when people are now looking to you as an example, but you're you know your path was so unique and not replicable. You know, like that kind of thing might have been more interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they if they would have narrowed in on a moment or something like that because I felt like we were jumping. I mean, sometimes not fast enough, but sometimes it was like, <laughs> whoa, okay, now yeah. I, I was just tracking her wigs that she was wearing, and I was yeah. like, okay, we're in a we're different, in a new wig we're in a different era. place now. Yeah. Okay, something's happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a time jump. so funny. And, and I think the kind of uh, technical sloppiness of having a movie where it's like your character's the same the whole time and everyone catches up mm, to him by the totally. end, uh-huh. I think it's reflective of an actual worldview of like... Okay. I've always been this guy. Sure. Like, like whether you want to say, like, well, if you're always virtuous, this is going to happen, or uh, uh, an, an evangelical Christian uh, worldview on life is like an exclusive truth claim that everyone needs to, like, at some point recognize and and pay fealty to. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way in which those, like, uh, like what might be technically sloppy story mechanics is actually evincing an ideology in some way. Where it's like, yeah, if you just kind of, and just kind of like bootstrappy Reagan era, you know, just keep working hard and it's, don't change your mind. And it's about gonna work this. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, just, just work hard enough. That's the way to achieve it. That much. kind of American dream kind of idea. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. it's like, well, just you didn't work hard enough. Work you didn't get it. You didn't pray hard enough, or like really kind of hurtful ideologies. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Also, I and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm making fun of a disability. I was floored by a movie in which a huge emotional beat was letting a legally blind child ride a lawnmower. Yes. <laughs> I did not. Can you guys? I, why did that scene like, exist? No. Why did this scene exist? What I was watching that. I was like, "What?" Is that like? He told me he was it ready. Was so like, what? I forgot about that. So you brought that up. I was. Like, it was Wait, wild. She uh, runs in like, "Oh my gosh!" She's yeah, like, "Oh no!" Yeah. He told it's me. It's kind he of was like ready. when a, someone who's been wheelchair bound like finally takes their first steps, but it was a blind. It was child a six-year-old driving a lawnmower. Who, even if he had twenty-twenty, probably should not be no. driving a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you, you and, know. It's and like, the scene was over. It was okay. like a minute. You're like, okay. We learned what we needed to learn. Well, I, which was what? I didn't get it. <laughs> you just got to trust in when yourself. When he's ready, he's ready. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's taking the oh wheel right now. Oh, my God. That was so crazy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Good well, for you guys. Well, for the sake of time, maybe we should uh, give it a collective holy toast or roaster space between. You know how this works, Adam. Holy toast. We send it all the way to heaven. 
Okay. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Holy roast, we send it all the way. Or we put it in purgatory, which is... And Caroline will... Uh, no, let's just do it. Let's make a collective... Well, let's make a collective decision. It's not atrocious. It's not. And it's, it's not, not a, but it's not a toast. No. It's not a toastus either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say watching it, I think I was bracing myself so much. So expectations were out, at the floor. Right. So watching it was like, hey, it's watchable. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess. Over that bar. But it's like, yeah, it's not a good movie, but it wasn't like so bad that it was fun. It mm. was just like kind of I think that yeah. makes it a roast for me. Really roast? Yeah, I mean the greatest I'm like, sin is boredom. It's bo- it it's truly is me. to make entertainment and to make it boring. True. I can't forgive you for that. <laughs> and I'm like, again, good for Kurt and his family. I'm glad y'all are doing good. But I'm not going to read all that. Sorry that happened to you or congrats. Sorry for your millions, <laughs> yeah, your millions yeah. and millions of dollars. It does feel like a video that they would show at like a family reunion where it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is for the family. That's nice. For the family is absolutely expensive. how to catch. Yeah. And it was not for me. I don't know if I was, yeah, better for it or yeah. whatever. I don't even think I would like believe in God more after seeing that movie. You know, it was But fine. he said thank you it after making the winning God. touchdown. Yeah. He, <laughs> he said thank you. a bumper sticker on his success. I'm like, God did that. Um, yeah. If you guys want to do a space between, I understand. But I, I'm voting Rose. I, 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 first, I was leading space between just because it wasn't atrocious. But it's not, <laughs> it's but it's not, but it's not bad. good. That shouldn't yeah. be a pass because it wasn't the worst piece of crap ever. Thank you for respecting the voting system yeah. of GCF and of Adam to be like, no, I can't do that. I can't do it. Yeah, it's got to be a roast. Now, there's certainly deeper, deeper circles of hell that sure. deeper things are in. But Ooh, this was was... Was uh yeah first circle yeah we got a roast it'll it. be a toasty low roast I'll, I'll I'll make a unanimous motion carried it's a <laughs> roast from GCF but hey if you want to watch a forty year old Chuck <laughs> lob a spiral so he's an old, old guy. Old with the too. black dyed hair, <laughs> yeah. I love the tight jeans contest uh, photo. I thought that was fun. We when they mention that when they meet at twenty four and twenty five, like they're supposed to be twenty four and twenty five years old. Guys, I did okay before, and we're gonna wrap it up. But I will say, <laughs> I, I found a video interview with the actual husband and wife Brenda and Kurt Warner. Okay, and she did say this uh, about meeting Kurt. Give me one with these three things: that he has a job that he's faithful, and that he's ugly, so no other woman would want him. And that is the exact same time that I met Kurt. And he had nothing of what I was looking for. Um, You know, I didn't know if he could be faithful, because I didn't think that was a possibility. And he didn't have a job, and he wasn't ugly. Man, throw, throwing, some, throwing some stones yeah. in there. I told God I, I like, want a loser that sucks. <laughs> my main impression of like is that Brenda was the cool one of this story, and I that seems confirmed. I did too. <laughs> she seems way more and, interesting than and Kurt. This is the rare occasion which, you know, watching the real life footage, I'm like, oh, she's more charismatic. Yeah. Than, oh, yeah. You can tell. She's like funny and does yeah. cool shit. Oh, boy. Well, you know, let's bring the lights down in here. Dim it. Light the candles for. A movie that should have been called Just American Dog. No wonder. <laughs> Just a dog. Classic mutt. Uh, Adam, we're not here to plug ourselves or to promote our projects. We're here to lift them up to the Lord. And something we might be enjoying in secular culture. We'll start with Caroline real quick. You can lift me up at Caroline's Farts. And this week, I'm going to lift up a podcast I was on 
Um, I think it'll be out by the time this episode comes out. It's called Maximum Film. We talked about the movie Women Be Talking. It's called Women Talking. <laughs> uh, it was really fun. A couple friends of the pod were on there, Ify Wadaway and Alonzo Traldi. So give that a listen whenever you get a chance, and you'll uh, we'll have a great time. <laughs> Women do be talking. They do. Yeah. And Including they do a lot Francis in that movie. It was good. Yeah. I, I want to watch it. Yeah. Women talking rowdy screening at the Alamo Draft House <laughs> coming soon. Talk back. <laughs> All right. We turn to Adam. Oh, wait. So I'm, I'm promoting and um, I'm lifting up something else? That's you're, yes. Not you're you're, you're own, lifting up Where your people own can stuff. follow you. We and don't then, use the word promote. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. That's prideful. Well, that I would like to shine a light on myself quickly. <laughs> shine it. Uh, if you... Uh, are into uh, video essays, dissecting art and film. Uh, actually, my most recent video I did was actually dissecting uh, what Jesus really looked like uh, and, and examining that with scripture and in art, but also in film, uh, which is my forte in film, uh, and Ooh. trying to break down how a white Jesus can be like, dangerous. And again, deconstruction. I'm going through it, guys. Gotta do it. Uh, That's a great one. Follow me on Entertain the Elk on YouTube. It's where you can find those essays. And I also have a podcast called Of Mice and Men and Monsters, where we take Dungeons and Dragons, kind of TTRPG uh, elements, and drop them into worlds of classic literature. Uh, my wife is the dungeon master, and she is an English teacher, high school English teacher. She's by the day. best. And so she's guiding us through these worlds. We've played through like Frankenstein and Moby Dick, oh Robin God. Hood. And we actually had uh, Kevin, beautiful Kevin, uh, guested most recently when we did uh, the Christmas uh, Christmas Carol. It was so and, fun. And he played I had no Scrooge. idea what I was Yeah, doing. he did great. So if you want to hear <laughs> Have you Kevin, read that book? No, I watched the Muppet one. <laughs> exactly. That's all you need to see. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so, yeah, go, go listen to that again. It's of Mice and Men and Monsters, and you can hear Kevin on, uh, again, our two recent episodes. They're, they're standalone, too, so you don't need to. Uh, I truly had else. so much you fun. You were great on, on it. He played, he played Ebenezer Scrooge, and it was it was fantastic. And the first move I made was immediately wrong. <laughs> I, I tried to play another character. They're like, no. Can't do that. <laughs> gently rebuked. Isn't improv. Gently rebuked. No. Oh, was, he did a great job. So That's it so was, funny. It was a lot of fun. If I'm going to lift up something else outside yeah. myself. Oh, yes. I am finally getting back to the movie theaters, and I got to lift up <gasps> Alamo Draft House. Mm-hmm. It has my heart. I've seen, I've seen like five, six movies there. Oh, nice. Recently, What's the recent one you've seen you liked? I saw, well, my, my, my wife and I, Kate and I, we once saw Violent Night. Oh, how was <laughs> the that? The Santa Claus one? <laughs> yeah. It was Santa Claus Die Hard. You know what it was. Fun. But I also saw The Banshees of Inishirin, which will is so good, but is just the saddest movie uh, I've seen in such a, a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Colin Farrell's getting some some love because he is uh, truly great. Oh, They're so. rowing. So go see movies. Go see good movies. Yeah. Uh, not, not, a, not movies like this. American <laughs> underdog. I think there's room for all movies in our America. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter on Larabox, Peloton, Instagram, OnlyFans. I'll lift up. I'll lift up another Colin Farrell movie called After Yang, mm. directed by the video essayist, speaking of video essays, turned director Kogo Nada, uh, which I was just so impressed by. It's this gorgeous, delicate little sci-fi movie about uh, love and grief and death, and it's so tender and so sweet and gorgeous to look at. It has a beautiful score, uh, and everyone should check that out. And there's a big old dance sequence in it. Yeah, After Yang. Is it about the presidential run? Yeah, it's like what he does. Yeah. <laughs> After Yang Gang. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to see. I heard it's like really small kind of sci-fi yeah. where it's like not a crazy right. post-apocalyptic, Ooh, cool. but it's like very kind of small, like Eternal Sunshine, mm-hmm. where it's like a little element is 
sci-fi about I it. thought it was so moving. I thought yeah. it was so, so good. So people can watch that. And lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere and patreon.com slash good Christian Fun and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll donate a dollar to charity. Adam, thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you guys buddy. so much for having what me. What a, a babysitter to be here. Yeah, so nice. Please come back anytime. Yes. It was a lot of fun. Maybe thanks for having for me. For a on. movie heaven where we can talk about an actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you guys want me back, I'd be happy to be here. This was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for being my therapist today, guys. Anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. There's nothing left to say except for okay. okay I, I love, love you, Emma. Emma. Amen. Amen. And let's go out with the, you know, the hit of 2023. Boom. By A song POD. for this moment. <laughs> for this generation. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.